Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of today's conversation, it is kind of gloomy skies out there still, but the radar is starting to clear up a bit, and the future radar shows maybe another slight scattered shower or two in Lafayette Parish, but for the most part, it seems we're relatively clear for the rest of the evening. So do drive safe out there. Some of the roads still slick. We do have a vehicle accident over on Johnston. Uh, be careful around there and just on the roads in general. Great news. The White House says we are not in a recession. But I've been telling you for a few days that's been the party line and that's going to continue to be the party line. The White House is maintaining that we are not in a recession because just two straight quarters of a shrinking economy doesn't mean we're in a recession and that other things look very, very healthy. Uh, Joe Biden's statement today, our job market remains historically strong with unemployment at 3.6% and more than 1 million jobs created in the second quarter alone. Biden said this, his economic plan is focused on bringing inflation down. However, inflation's at a 40-year high. Uh, it's lowered real wages. So there, there's been wage growth, but inflation has outstripped wage growth here for a while now. Gas prices have also reached record-breaking heights. The Overton windows moved just a little bit. We're now celebrating gas here locally being in the mid-$3 range in some areas. And, you know, that's fine and dandy, except it was in the two fifty range, you know, not too long ago. But gas prices have gone up since Joe Biden came into office. Joe Biden's key legislative agenda has been the uh, American Rescue Plan, which dumped a lot more money into the economy. And he can brag about employment with one million jobs created in the second quarter alone. But keep in mind, there's more than 11 million unfilled jobs. And despite what the Biden administration says... That's actually not a good thing. If you're creating a million more jobs, but you have 11 million vacancies, your job market is not that strong. And we're only going to see the employment situation actually start to get worse. The Biden administration, including his economic counsel, Director Brian Deese, and Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, have repeatedly denied the traditional definition of a recession claiming that it's not the technical de definition, despite the fact that just four years ago, Brian Deese was saying that two, uh, two quarters of a shrinking economy is, in fact, a recession. A lot of Democrats have flip-flopped on this. A lot of folks in the media have flip-flopped on this. And they're going to continue to flip-flop on this. You know good and well that if Donald Trump had won in 2020, that... Every reporter out there in this same economic situation would be saying that Donald Trump was responsible for a recession because we have two straight quarters of GDP shrinkage. That is the definition of a shrinking GDP. That is a recession. No matter what the media and what the Democrats say, we're in a recession. And I say this not because I'm an economist, 
but because I've looked at the polls and I've been telling you the polls every single day. And there's a lot of polling out there that shows the vast majority of Americans really do believe that we are currently in a recession. So whether or not the Biden administration admits that we're in a recession, he's the, the, the American people think we are. And no amount of wish casting is going to change that belief's impact on the midterm elections. But they're going to keep denying it. They're going to keep saying we're not in a recession. Despite the fact that measure after measure, warning sign after warning sign, prediction after prediction, all says we're in a recession. And every company out there is starting to take mitigation efforts. 232-1542. If you want to call in, be part of the program. We've already got a call today. We've got Travis on the line. Hey, Travis, thanks for calling the show. Yeah, hey, man. Uh, I'm uh, listening to, you know, to what you're saying after you know listening to what uh, your boy said earlier today about not being in a recession and about how we created, you know, a million jobs, yada, yada. And you keep saying how, you know, but there's 11 million unfilled jobs. But to put things in perspective for everybody, who, you know, who still thinks that we're on the up and up, even though, you know, we're not, it's, it's, it's the equivalency of, of being down in a football game 56 to nothing and you celebrate because you just kicked a field goal against a practice squad on the other team. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what we're right. Up against right now. Yeah. That's what we're up against right now. Like, like it's, 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 it's ridiculous. And it, it's ridiculous, man. It, it gets me heated. And the, the fact that this is still going on, that, 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 that our elected officials are continuing to, to allow this to happen. I mean, Joe Manchin went ahead and got in on a bill today that's, that's going to put us further in debt while we're in a recession. Like all that, that smoke that he was blowing about, oh, no, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad earlier. And then he goes ahead and signs on at the worst possible hour. Like what's, what's really going on? Who's really getting paid? Who's getting paid what? You know, where's this money really going? They're not managing the money that they already get from us, and then they're cutting more from us. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? It's, it's getting out of hand. I yeah. just, I, I just went to go pay my light bill, bruh, and my light bill is normally like $130. It was $250. Mm-hmm. What's going on, bruh? What's going on? There, there are a lot of factors going on, but the Biden administration and their policies have made just about everything worse. The Joe Manchin thing I was about to get to, thank you very much for the call. The Joe Manchin thing, I think, is one of the funniest turns of events because it really... So I've, I've got a colleague at Red State who says that Mitch McConnell got outwitted by Joe Manchin. I don't think that's the case. And I've got a couple reasons why. Joe Manchin got everything he wanted in this deal. And the Democrats lost a lot. Now... Whoever named this bill, which is now called the Inflation Reduction Act, I hope that they got a million dollars allocated to them in this bill. Because the testicular fortitude it takes to name a bill that gives more tax credits and more handouts and dares to call itself an Inflation Reduction Act, that takes a lot of guts. It really does. A $7,500 tax credit if you buy an electric vehicle. But that only goes up to a certain amount. It actually, it's, it's funny, most Tesla models cost $56,000 or above. 
you can get a $7,500 tax credit if you buy any electric vehicle, any electric car, up to $55,000. So most Tesla models, which are the best electric vehicles on the market, have the best battery life, particularly in cold weather, those are cut out. But they want to give you a tax credit to buy an electric vehicle. $7,500 worth of a tax credit. $7,500 back to you for buying an electric vehicle. They want to give money to companies that, uh, that, that adopt green initiatives. But at the same time, they're going to increase taxes on corporations and the rich. So they want inflation to go up by handing out more money to people who buy into the climate change stuff. And they want to raise taxes on businesses, thereby making it more expensive for you to buy things. Because let's be honest, that's what happens when you raise business taxes. Prices go up yet again. And jobs get cut yet again. But the Inflation Reduction Act is going to do the exact opposite of its name. But kudos to them for having the guts to name it the Inflation Reduction Act. Great job, Democrats. But Joe Manchin got everything he wanted in that. The climate change stuff will not affect his voters in West Virginia, which is all he wanted. But Mitch McConnell can now campaign on this. And he can now rally Republican senators on this. And he can direct the Senatorial Campaign Committee to start running ads saying the Democrats are now proposing even more inflation with more handouts and tax increases. They'll hurt your jobs, hurt what you can buy, and make inflation worse. Republicans actually benefit from this. But you and me, Travis, you and me, everybody else here in Lafayette, we all lose. 232-1542. When we come back, more on this issue and everything coming up here on The Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to call in and be part of the conversation, there are 10 more house rating changes uh, from the UVA uh, uh, Sabato's Crystal Ball. This is a, uh, a rating, they rate... Um, they rate races, and there are 10, uh, 10 ratings changes you need to know about. Uh, a toss-up race in Colorado. There's an open seat. It was a toss-up race. It now leans Republican. Uh, three Florida races are now safe republic are now safely republican they were likely republican uh one of them uh is an open seat uh a democrat is retiring from the seat the other one is uh an open seat no incumbent in that spot you also have a north carolina race which is going from toss up to leans republican and a wisconsin race going from likely republican to safe republican so one, two, three, four, five, six seats have trended into Republican territory. An Indiana race held by a Democrat has gone from leans Democratic to a toss-up. The other seats, uh, 
Sanford Bishop in Georgia is moving from leans Democrat to likely Democratic. Uh, in Connecticut, uh, likely Democrats shifted to leans Democrats, so that is not good news for the Democrats in Connecticut. And uh, an open Colorado seat has shifted from likely to leans. So still Democratic, but they're now less Democratic. And we're only going to see more of this. The Republicans have a lot of momentum going into this midterm election. And today's news that we had a second straight quarter of the economy shrinking. GDP went down almost a full percentage point in the second quarter. We're likely in a recession. The White House won't say it. His economic advisors won't say it. But we're likely in a recession. Most of the polling indicates Americans believe that we are in a recession right now. And no matter how much they talk about a strong job market, the fact of the matter is the job market still has 11 million open jobs. You can't create enough jobs right now to fill everything. And a lot of corporations, a lot of businesses are simply going to close those jobs up and try to make it by on what they've got. And it's only going to get worse now because the so-called Infrastructure Reduction Act, let's just call it Build Back Better because it's a lie to say it's an infrastructure, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 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 an Inflation Reduction Act. So let's just call it what it is. It is Build Back Better Light. Build Back Better Light is going to cause more businesses to close up shop or at least shut down a lot of job openings. All because the Democrats have chosen Build Back Better to raise taxes on big businesses, raise taxes on a lot of even uh, small businesses just by the definition of what they're going to do. Businesses will take a hit. They will tax the rich. They will raise the rate uh, the tax rate on the rich, which will do absolutely nothing to fix the problems that we're currently facing. It is a platform issue that they've put into Build Back Better Light. And all the while, all while this is going on, the Biden administration is still planning even more on the climate through executive action. They're not going to tackle inflation seriously. I mean, the Democrats are now pushing Build Back Better light. They've given up on other bills. They've, they've given up on other bills that could actually do anything meaningful. A lot of Democrats are actually upset that they gave up on the assault weapons ba- uh, bill that they were working on. Uh, they had a hearing yesterday with, with questionable, questionable takes from the Democrats on the committee. But they had a hearing yesterday. But there's no, no bill the Democrats really want That's going through Congress right now. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is about to take a trip to Taiwan. So the House isn't going to be really getting anything done here in the near future. Everything they're doing now is specifically for the midterm platform. They've given up on anything serious about inflation, anything serious about energy production. And they're focusing now on the the messaging stuff, raising taxes on the rich, raising taxes on businesses, giving handouts to people to uh, buy electric vehicles giving handouts to companies that take that take on climate uh, climate change initiatives handing out more money to cause more inflation they're not serious the democrats are not serious they're not doing anything serious about the issues at hand
And so when you ask yourself, as Travis asked in the last segment with his call, when you ask yourself, what's going on? The answer is simple. The Democrats don't actually care about governing. They're not doing anything serious about governing right now. And we're kind of screwed. We're kind of screwed. 232-1542, let's take our bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, the media is now saying if Republicans keep ignoring us, we're just going to attack them harder. We'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to call in, be part of the program. The Republican National Committee has told Donald Trump you had better not announce your presidency before the midterm elections or we're going to stop paying your legal bills. Kid you not, they're actually saying that. This from ABC News. Republican leaders who worry that Donald Trump could hurt their midterm chances by announcing a presidential run too soon are hoping he'll be dissuaded from doing so by the prospect of losing hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal payments, according to an RNC official. Since October 2021, the Republican National Committee has paid nearly $2 million to law firms representing Trump as part of his defense against personal litigation and government investigations. But an RNC official told ABC News that as soon as Trump would announce he's running for president, the payments would stop because the party has a neutrality policy that prohibits it from taking sides in the presidential primary. So under the guise of neutrality, they are going to stop paying Donald Trump's legal defenses stemming from the investigations into him and all that. It doesn't sound like they're going to be paying the the legal fees for him suing CNN and other media outlets as he tries to continue with his fight over 2020. But the RNC really does have an issue on its hands. On the one hand, You know, I've talked about it before. I know a lot of you don't agree with me. Trump announcing before the midterm elections is risky. It is not without serious drawbacks. And I think those drawbacks would do more than any benefit he could bring to the race. And the RNC is keenly aware of this as well. Only the people really close to Trump and only the, the people who really want to hold on to power in those circles really want Trump to announce sooner rather than later. The people advising Trump to go ahead and announce now are the people who see the money's drying up and they want to uh, try and, and get more money out of Trump and the Trump machine before uh, the well goes dry. Everyone else in the Republican Party is like, please don't. Um, I think I think it was Mike Johnson that was on Acadiana's Morning News earlier this week who said something similar uh, that he holds he hopes the president holds off that the Republicans can really make this election about what the Republicans can and will do to fight the Democrats for the next two years. And he's absolutely right. But on the other hand, the the, the RNC's other problem here is they need to be able to raise money from Republican voters. And if they start appearing as though they're anti-Trump, which is what some people, a good number of people, who are Trump supporters will see this move by the RNC as being, 
that hurts their fundraising ability. And the RNC needs to raise money to continue to push Republican candidates. So they have to say this is under the guise of neutrality. If Donald Trump is, de- is a declared candidate for president, the RNC has to stop paying his legal fees because they are favoring his continued fight and not paying any sort of legal fees or anything else to other Republican candidates who may or may not declare. It's a tough spot to be in, and Donald Trump is not making it any easier for the RNC. And anybody who says the RNC is just establishment Republicans, the RNC went very hard for Donald Trump. Uh, Ronna McDaniel, the the uh, I think it's Mitt, I think she's Mitt Romney's niece, Ronna Romney McDaniel, or McDaniel's, was went very hard in defense of Donald Trump. The RNC hired uh, a woman named Liz Harrington who was uh, who who was very pro-Trump, worked at the Washington Free Beacon, but worked uh, very, very hard to uh, promote Trump, uh, did a very effective job at the RNC, frankly, and now works personally as, uh, as a communications person for Donald Trump. Liz Harrington was very good. A lot of the hires of the RNC were very good hires that helped promote Trump and helped back Trump. So it's not as though the RNC is here being anti-Trump in all things. The RNC just has to carefully tread this line. They want to win in the midterms, and they want a strong, motivated Republican base in the midterms and going into 2024. All of that said, ABC News wants to run this story and wants more people to investigate this and look into this story because it keeps Donald Trump in the news. Uh, a friend of mine, Stephen Miller, not the Stephen Miller that worked for Trump, but Stephen Miller, he's on Twitter at Red Steez, R-E-D-S-T-E-E-Z-E. That Stephen Miller has a column at, I think, the Washington Examiner today. And he makes a very good point in his piece. What Miller is saying in his column is this. The only people that can eliminate Trump, that can make Trump no longer a thing, are the voters. GOP voters will either choose Trump or they will reject Trump. And nobody in the quote-unquote resistance, nobody on the January 6th committee, including Liz Cheney or Adam Kinzinger. Nobody at the various allegedly conservative pop-ups that have dedicated themselves to, uh, to conserving conservatism by opposing Trump. None of these people can get rid of Trump, but more importantly, the journalists, the resistance porn writers, these anti-Trump so-called conservatives, their money runs dry. If Trump is actually eliminated from the political scene, they don't actually want Trump to be gone. They have to keep writing Trump stories. They have to keep Trump's name alive because that's how they get money. Democrats can continue to raise money over fear of Trump. Media can can get a lot of income from the clicks when they write about Trump even now. But that money is drying up. Trump isn't drawing the clicks. I'm telling you that personally because I'm somebody who looks at the online statistics anytime one of my writers at Red State's at Red State, writes about Trump. 
the well is drying up. They have to keep putting Trump's name out there. So if they start to build up this wedge between the RNC and Donald Trump, they'll start getting more clicks. More people will be interested. More people will care. And they'll keep Trump's name in there and they'll keep the clicks coming for just a little bit longer. That one more hit. They are Trump junkies. They need Trump to be in the news cycle. They need there to be some sort of opposition to Trump out there. It is news that the RNC is not going to pay Trump's legal legal bills if he announces his presidency or his candidacy for president before the midterms. That is new. That's news. That's something we all need to be aware of. But ABC isn't just writing this story because it's news. ABC is writing this story because it keeps the controversy alive. Well, now they can put a wedge between Trump and the RNC, and Trump could very well attack the RNC over it. There's a greater than zero chance he would. You know Trump and I know Trump. And that just keeps the controversy going. And that's what they want. They want to keep the controversy going. But it's very interesting, going back to the original story, it is very interesting that the RNC is choosing to do this right now, to say it right now before Trump makes an announcement. Because it's very clear they do not want him to make an announcement before November. The question is, is Trump going to attempt to call their bluff Or will cooler heads prevail and everybody back away and wait until the midterms are over? We'll see. 232-1542, go ahead and call in if you want to take part in the conversation. We'll take your calls in the next segment as well as talk about the media threatening Republicans if they continue to ignore them. That and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call in and be part of the program. Joining us on the line, we've got Warren. Hey, Warren, how are you today? Hey, Joe. How's it going, man? Great show. Thank you. Listen, I want to, I want to talk about Donald Trump. You know, when I first saw Donald Trump, I couldn't stand the guy. I thought he was arrogant, you know, and, and now we have all these problems exactly because of Donald Trump. But when he decided to become the president, and he was the first one to say what I've been saying for a long time, everything's rigged, I said, you know, we need a house cleaning. And this is the man to do it. And, you know, now I'm 100% Donald Trump. If if you're not for Trump, you're my enemy. I think this is the greatest president this country has ever had. And they had to pull all this mess with this covid because they had to stop him, because he was exposing. If you go way back to the Knights Templars, the first bank, people would make the transition across the globe to go to Israel, the pilgrimage. 40% wouldn't make them, wouldn't make it. It was a great business model for the first bank, and everything has been rigged ever since. And that's why we the problems we have is because he was exposing what the truth is, and they couldn't have it. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much, Warren, for the call, 232-1542, if you want to call in and be part of the program. You know, one of the things that Donald Trump did that we have to give him credit for, I have to give him credit for this, is that he began teaching Republicans one of the most important rules that they can learn. Or, I'm sorry, not rule, lesson. It's a simple lesson. Don't play by the media's rules 
and don't try to win their approval. It's not a game you'll ever win. And Trump managed to have a largely successful presidency in terms of many of its policies while being unencumbered by the whims of the media, unlike other presidents in the past. And the media doesn't like that Republicans are learning this lesson. There were three stories earlier this week. I mentioned this, I think, yesterday. In a piece at New York Magazine, a Republican advisor spoke with a writer uh, on why the GOP just isn't talking to reporters, sitting down with them in interviews, letting them into events, things like that. I just don't even see what the point is anymore, said an advisor to one likely GOP presidential aspirant who requested anonymity to discuss press strategy. We know reporters always disagreed with the Republican Party, but it used to be you thought you could get a fair shake. Now every reporter and every outlet is just chasing resistance rage clicks. That's what the advisor said to this writer. Here's the writer's response. A competing theory of the case is that there really is not much the Republicans can say. The past six years have seen them rally behind a person almost all of them once denounced as dangerously unfit for public office, even as their most dire 2015 era warnings proved true. Any decent profile writer would have to ask, until some kind of satisfactory answer was achieved, what they saw during the Trump administration that made them change their stance. So right there, the writer is proving the GOP advisor right. Right there, the writer is saying, no, I'm not going to be unbiased. No, I'm not going to give you a fair shake until you tell me why your candidate is suddenly okay with Trump. And we've been saying for a while why we were okay with Trump. Y'all know I'm not for the guy. Did not vote for him. But his presidency was successful. It was, as it turns out, the most pro-life presidency in American history. There was a lot of economic good that came from it. And this writer is ignoring all of the GOP's comments on Trump's presidency and focusing only on the fact that he tried to overturn an election and he led an insurrection against the cap. No, he didn't. I'm sorry. If you think January 6th was an actual serious insurrection attempt, you also believe that people playing Dungeons and Dragons really are magical. The Washington Post and Vanity Fair also had similar lamentations uh, two days ago, on Tuesday. The, 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 the New York Magazine piece was on Monday. There were two pieces on Tuesday, the Washington Post and Vanity Fair. We live in the state of Florida and are not going to allow legacy media outlets to be involved in our primaries, DeSantis reportedly told the crowd of more than a thousand conservatives. A campaign spokeswoman followed up those remarks with a tweet aimed at, quote, fake news journalists, a picture of DeSantis on stage. How's the view from outside security, she asked. That was the Washington Post. From Vanity Fair, Trump shattered precedent during the 2016 election cycle through his, cam- me- his campaign's media blacklist with numerous outlets, including the Washington Post, Politico, and BuzzFeed, refusing or refused press credentials to cover his public events. Trump, who complained about the presidential debate process during both campaigns, refused to participate in one in 2020. The future of presidential debates also remains to be seen as the Republican National Committee in April voted unanimously to withdraw from the Commission on Presidential Debates. They are so upset. And so that leads us 
to this piece, which comes out today, a column from Politico, where it gives bullet points as to why it's a bad idea for the GOP to shut out reporters. When a politician bans the press, the press has no alternative to dig deeper to find a story. A candidate can maintain a cone of silence, but he can't stop the flow of information. The sugar high that accompanies the act of telling a New York Times reporter to get lost must be acknowledged. So if you read these bullet points, here's what they're saying. Here's what the writer's saying. We can do our jobs without you speaking to us, and we will continue digging for stuff you don't want us to ask you about. In other words, the reporter, in the columnist in this story, just admitted reporters can do the exact same thing they've been doing without actually having to talk to the Republican. The official GOP response to this should be, don't threaten us with a good time. You mean to tell me you can write the same garbage that you've been writing and not have to talk to me? Sign me up. Every Republican should say that. This writer is saying, if you don't let us into press events, we'll give you bad coverage. And that's one hell of a response to the GOP shutting out the media because they routinely give bad and dishonest coverage. Who can blame Ron DeSantis? for shutting out media outlets when none of them will actually denounce 60 Minutes standing by its horrendous hit job of DeSantis from last year, where they said that he was colluding with donors in order to get shots only into the arms of people who vote for him. Who can blame any Republican for not wanting to be in the same room as some of these reporters? And some of the reporters are good reporters, but their outlets have helped create this atmosphere of entitlement that journalists can go about and be activists and not get in trouble for it. The reason confidence in journalism is so low, why so many people hate the media, is exactly because of this. Because the media takes sides. They are not objective. And Donald Trump taught us that lesson. Donald Trump taught us, you don't have to stand by and let reporters into the same room as you. You can ignore them. Let's go ahead and take a break. 23 hours until the Friday edition of the show here on the Joe Cunningham Show. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at JP, uh, Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. And you can also find me uh, on, you can find the podcast version of the show on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be here on Offsides in just a minute, and, and I'll talk to you guys again real soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.